0: Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Steven Fonte at Seth Goldberg. We
1: played the game to win. You know, we had an opportunity to, to try to
0: kick a field goal right before the half.
1: Uh, we decided not to. We wanted to go for the touchdown. We didn't get it. There's we left a lot of meat on the bone uh, offensively and defensively. That was Dino Babers Saturday after his team came up just short again on the road, 27-24 in Tallahassee to Florida State and uh, I guess Seth when you look at this game that's that's kind of where you have to start with the decision right before the half whether or not uh, to kick the field goal Uh, Syracuse had it first and goal from the 10 after Florida State muffed a punt with just over a minute to go uh, in the first half they ran it twice got to the three-yard line Uh, Dungy looked for Irvin, the end zone pass was batted down, so it was fourth and three, uh fourth and goal from the three yard line. Instead of kicking the field goal, making it twenty one seventeen, they yeah. decided to uh, to go for it and uh it was obviously stopped and uh and they went in the locker room twenty one fourteen.
2: Yeah, I-, I think they technically could have gotten a first down. I I mean just what, inside it doesn't the matter, one. Yeah but right they they technically I think they could've that's right. The ball was marked uh, just outside the yeah. ten. You're right. So I think they could like it was like they, they had two yards to go to get a first down, three to get a touchdown. And, and look, this is what it comes down to for me. Um, you go for it there. You're three yards from the end zone. You go for it. Y- you just do. Like, it's football math, right? What are the odds that you're going to get down there again, right? And and I know that that's a bad way of looking for looking at it, but there's a much better chance over the course of a game that you'll be able to make up a field goal than make up a touchdown. So when you're three yards from the end zone, you go for it. Uh, now, with that said, I didn't like the play call like at all uh, because the running game hadn't been doing the job throughout the first half. So I didn't like the, the play call, but I like the idea of going for it. I think they had to go for it um, because you're there. You're at the three-yard line. And that goes without saying that if you score a touchdown there and you tie that game up, and all of a sudden Florida State is sitting back and saying, man, we're two and five. Their quarterback just missed a whole quarter, and we're still tied at halftime. Like See, I think, I think that's a gut punch. I think that's a knockout blow, and you're tied. It's funny. Like, I think that's such a big deal.
1: It's funny that you use that reasoning as to why you go for it. I, I kind of use the same reasoning as to why you kick the field goal there. And I l- listen. I'm not going to crush Dino Babers over this. Uh, I didn't love it watching the game. I'm thinking to myself, why why they're not kicking the field goal and the way that it played out, and you're right, hindsight's twenty twenty. but the way that it plays out is that Florida State now goes into the locker room with a little bit of momentum and, and a little bit of air got taken out of SU sales there. And everything you just said, Dungy missed almost a whole quarter. He was banged up. Not a lot went right in that first half for Syracuse. No. If you can go in the locker room 21-17... I think you feel pretty good about but your chances. But what if they
2: could now, have gone in 21 Well, you could have. which but they it had a the
1: shot. But it was a risk, and now you don't make it. And now you had all the momentum on your side, and if you kick the field goal, you still have a lot of momentum on your side. By going for it and not getting it, now it's like Florida State dodged a bullet. They gave the ball. To Syracuse at the 10, 11 yard line, and they, they get out of it with no points given up. They get into the locker room with a touchdown lead. They get the ball to start the second half, and it's like, you know, phew, you know, dodged a bullet there, and now some momentum shifts back to Florida State. So I, I know that Dino Babers, that, that's who he is. He likes to go forward a lot. He said afterwards, exactly what you just said, that if you pull even, now you feel like, all right, it's 21 21. We're going to win this game. Um, I would've liked to see the, the points there. And and obviously it, it came back to bite him and I know that, you know, hindsight's twenty-twenty. But but even before that three points came back to bite him, I still felt like you take the points there. You feel fortunate to go into the locker room twenty-one seventeen as it was. It was a touchdown spread. Florida State gets the ball to start the second half, and now you're you're kind of playing uphill uh in that second half.
2: But here's the thing you say you feel fortunate to go in twenty-one seventeen. I think you were already feeling fortunate to go in twenty-one fourteen. Didn't you feel right, like you, given, you missed an opportunity there?
1: You go into the we, locker room, you're like, man. I mean,
2: yeah. We really
1: but, we really missed one we missed an opportunity there. Yeah,
2: because I didn't because I, 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 I they didn't you, convert the fourth down. I don't think down. you feel like
1: that if you kicked the field goal. I think you feel I like I think
2: that you would have. You got right. the ball at the ten yard line and you kicked a field goal. You ended like, up I with no that, points, Seth. I, I think that's still I I think that there's still something to be looked at as like, okay, we should have scored a touchdown here. Like I, I'm, looking I think at you this look game, at it
1: is we were down twenty one seven. Our quarterback was out of the game. It's now twenty one seventeen. We're we're back in this. We're going to win this game.
2: I think that they were already back in it, and I know that you're saying it's deflating, not getting a, tu- a field goal, and I I would agree. But I think that you 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 have to go for the touchdown. You're three yards from the end zone. Like I I don't. I don't get this idea of like you're right there at the goal line. You shouldn't go for it. You have four downs for a reason. You shouldn't just kick it away at last minute. Like, go for the extra points. Go to tie the game. Land that body blow. Like that's such a that's such a gut punch. If you're Florida State and you're and the, and you knock that quarterback out for a quarter,
1: and, this, you, this and you're still say. going
2: into halftime tie. This
1: is what I would say. I think every situation has to be taken on a case by case basis. If this was. You know, you're on the road at Clemson and they're undefeated at number two in the country and you feel like, you know, we're we're in order to do something special, we gotta take some risks and win this game, then fine. Go for it there and and if it pays off great and if it doesn't, it doesn't. This didn't feel like one of those games. I mean, you said it last week, this is a game Syracuse should win. Yeah, they should have. If that's the case, then take the points and know that you're going to be in it, know you can play them and match them, you know, play for play and score for score, and now you've pulled back into it. You go into the locker room, you regroup, it's 21-17, you come back out, you win the game in the second half. To me, this didn't feel like it's Clemson, we got to take all sorts of risks and, and so on and so forth. And again, I know that's who Dino Babers is. I just I didn't love it in this, this situation.
2: I had no issue with it. Uh, I That's who Dino Babers is. He's going to go for it. And at the end of the day, like – I think it's smart football math. You're at the three-yard line. Like, punch it in. Uh, that being said, again, I didn't like the play call. The running game did nothing in the first half. I didn't like the idea of running an injured Eric Dungy on an option on that play. Um, I like the idea of going for it. And they almost converted and got a first down because Florida State was stupid. Uh, but it, it, it didn't make sense to me to run that. Throw a jump ball to Jamal Custis. Throw a jump ball to Steve Ishmael. Throw something over the middle to Irv Phillips. Uh have a pass play and let Eric Dungey run out of a pass play. Right? Do do something else. Like the designed run wasn't working for you in in the first half, and Eric Dungey was banged up again.
1: Or kick the field goal and take the three points. That would have been something else. I wouldn't have done that. To the phone lines we go. Scooter and Jamesville up first today on Orange Nation. Hey Scooter.
3: Well, first of all, guys, uh, if you want to follow Mike Hopkins' career, there, he's playing against Belmont Friday night, 10 o'clock on the, the Pac-12 network. It's quirky. They got actually four or five regional stations out of that. So beyond, at this time at 378. Uh, so if you want to keep it, you know, going to stay up late after the SU Cornell game, 10 o'clock, uh, Washington, Belmont. Uh, the, 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 a couple of things about what we are talking about. It actually wasn't a goal line situation. First and goal. Second, they could have picked up a first down at the one yard.
1: Yeah, they, that's Seth brought that up. You're right. The ball was marked yeah. just outside the ten. So you're right. They could have picked up a first down.
3: So therefore, that they picked up they could get actually four more, four more downs to try to get another yard. The thing is, I agree. I didn't understand the play call. I was. I remember it was like a straight uh, quarterback sweep, and then Dungey just kind of looked like he improvised because he knew it's fourth down. And started rolling around, and just throwing up in the air. And, and, but it was, a, it was just a weird – if you look at those four plays, they, they actually ran it twice. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if it's on second down and first down. They ran up the first middle. First and second down, and yeah. And then, of course, Dungy's. But, the, of course, the big one was that it looked like Phelps was breaking open over the middle and it was, it was knocked down at the line of scrimmage. Uh, the, the game sort of went the way I was hoping it wouldn't go. If you look at it, uh, Florida State had 210 yards first half, basically on three plays. And that's why I look at Florida State. It's basically those three plays are basically because of speed. That they're not the, they're not that creative, and if they don't have the athletes to actually run. I mean, the, the two touchdowns were just simple sweeps. I mean, it was somebody he broke broke through and was fast enough to outrun the uh, the defense. And it, it, this was kind of just demoralizing because if you look at the offenses. I thought Syracuse, even with uh, only one you know, one quarter of Dungy, the Syracuse offense actually outgained Florida State in the first half. And uh, the whole game, I think they gave them by 100 yards. If I, if I if I saw the stats,
1: right? Florida State had three plays in this game of 20 or more yards. Those three plays went for touchdowns. Yeah, and, yeah, and I 15, know you can't, more, I know you can't pick and choose which, yeah. which which plays. You know, you, well, if you take those away, you know, and you, you can't take them away. I get that. But I thought the defense for the most part played well. Yes. They, yeah. Those three plays obviously, you know, turned into touchdowns, and that's that's a huge difference in this game.
3: And that's and that's Florida State's offense It's yep. a big play. I mean, and, and if you look at 210 yards and 160 run on three plays, so 50 yards for the whole how many how many plays they ran in the first the first half. And that, so I thought you yeah, agree. I think the defense kept them in the game. It, you know, they well, I was a little disappointed when they ended up. It, it was a drive before the uh, uh, the drive that could you know that that actually actually when they got the, the, the touchdown, it seemed to took a lot of time off between plays. And, you know, for a Syracuse that had the strike, you know, every time you're supposed to snap the ball every 10, 15 seconds, sometimes they're snapping 25 seconds into the play clock. And I thought they're going to have to score twice. Therefore, it won't be this drive that's going to cost them. It's going to be the end drive, but they're probably going to run out of time. And I thought that drive there, they looked like they took a lot of time off the clock. They did score, but yet... It looks like when Syracuse was supposed to be this quick offense, they took a lot of time in between plays on that drive.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good point, Scooter. And I, I will say this in regards to them taking a lot of time uh, with those drives in in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think some of it was Eric Dungy, like needed needed a second yes. to kind of catch his breath. And I, the kid is a warrior. I mean, how he was still standing and moving around and, and how he went over 100 yards rushing on a half a leg. I mean, it was... It I don't was, know how he does it. It was amazing, um but I do think that that played into why things got a little slow in the fourth quarter, quote unquote slow, is that I mean, he was winded, he was hurt, he was, you know, it, and and he Steve, needed he needed a few extra seconds, and, I think.
2: And Steve, even with the slow tempo, you got Cole Murphy into a situation yes. that he had made that exact same field goal earlier in the game, right? Like you you were still in a position to win or to tie it, I should say, and go to overtime. Like you were still at a 43 yard field goal when he had made a 42 earlier and you know it, it at the end of the day it comes down to your kicker miss two kicks you know yeah sure we could talk about we could talk about not going for it on, on uh, or going for it on fourth down near the goal line rather than kicking but like you also gave your kicker two legitimate opportunities that he had, that that he missed in that game, uh, and there was a you know there there were a lot of other things that you can look at.
1: Let's get another phone call in here. Uh, Dom and Syracuse up next on Orange Nation. Hey Dom.
0: Hey guys, it was good to hear Ed and talk about the Syracuse team and how we're doing, how we're perceived nationally, um, that that we're on the right path and all that stuff. It's, it's great to hear that. Now let me put on my uh, my my orange glasses, my local fan. Uh, get into the, the the granularities of it. If you ask me how I feel today, I am disappointed. I am disappointed with this team, um, and this is why. Had we looked at this, if you presented this to me last year that we would have taken Florida State down to the wire like this, I would have been ecstatic. But we could have beaten NC State. We could have beat Miami. We could have beat Florida State. It's what A few weeks ago, we talked about Dino Baber's comment, uh, occasionally great. Consistently good. This team hasn't taken, and they still—they're still not there. Haven't taken the next step to being consistently good. When Eric Dungey pre-injury throws an interception on the first drive of the game, that's not consistently good. He was hurt.
1: He team, was hurt. In his defense, he got hurt two plays before that.
0: In in this game,
1: in the Florida State game, that the the foot okay. injury was too. But I, I hear what you're saying. But yes, he was hurt on that throw. But I, I understand your point.
0: So it, but it, and it's not just Eric Dungy. It's, it's It seems like the team as a whole, uh, it, I, I mean, the offensive side of the ball as a whole, because I'm going to give the pass to the defense. The defense has been nothing but exceptional all year long, considering what they've got to work with. Um, I just think the offense needs to play more consistent. Forget about trying to um, – and Seth, I'm going to disagree with you here – Forget about trying to do the body blow, and be con- uh, occasionally great. Give me the consistently good. Give me the three points. Let's hang with this. You, you know what I mean? They're, they're, if you can't a pick up play.
2: three yards, you're not being consistently good,
0: right? Like no, no, like no, no, that's no, no, not no, no, even but, occasionally but
2: great to go for that
0: play. Like but, that's like get playing, me three yards. It's three. It's three yards against Florida State athletes on a goal line stance, right? If you're having a hard time punching it in, you know what? Discretion is a better part of Valor. Take the three points and move on. right? It gets you closer to the end goal. I understand. I completely get what you're saying. Completely get what you're saying. But I think you take the three there. And, and, and this, is, this, this is part of my frustration and disappointment with this team is because we've seen the same thing with Miami. We saw the same thing with NC State where little things, turnovers, uh, 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 drop passes, on the offensive side of the ball, prevent them from being consistently good. And consistently good would win them more games. Your
1: thoughts? Yeah, yeah. great great phone call, Dom. Uh, yeah, Seth, you want to respond? Yeah, Go ahead. Uh,
2: something that Dom said that, that I know that you brought up earlier in the week, uh, last week I should say, which is why I, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, he said he's disappointed yeah. that Syracuse didn't win. And when we were talking Friday about is it a could win or a should win, Uh, I said it's a should win, and you said, oh, well, if they lost by a field goal, I don't know that I would be disappointed. Um, Like I I think that we're at that point where that was a game that you can be disappointed that Syracuse didn't win, and you could have kind of looked at it that way going in. Like Florida State wasn't a good team. They lost by a field goal. They should have won that game. Uh, They missed two field goals. They played a quarter without their quarterback, and they were still only a... A, a field goal away from winning that, and by the way, had a field goal well, as time expired to go to go tie that game and, and send it to overtime. Like, that's a game that I think you can be disappointed that Syracuse didn't win.
1: I will say this. I think there's a difference. Disappointed, yes. You would be disappointed if they lost that game by 40. I'm not saying whether or not you would be disappointed. I'm saying whether or not you expect them to win that game. And for me, and maybe maybe you do at this point, for me, and this is what I said last week, I don't expect them to win this game yet because I haven't seen it. Like I saw them beat Clemson at home and yes, and they're they're obviously improving and they're obviously right there and they're obviously getting close. But we did see a close call at LSU. We did see a close call at NC State, Miami, now Florida State. I haven't seen it. So, it's hard for me to expect it right. when I haven't seen it. And that and that's where I am right now. But I think, you know, we're certainly getting closer to expecting it. I just I don't I didn't expect them to win that game in fact as you know I picked Floor State 27 24 not really you know happy that I was right about that but uh but I was and um uh, and that's I guess where I am is yeah. I'm not I'm not expecting it out of this team. We do need to take a timeout we'll wrap up our number 1 right after this.
0: This is the Romano Subaru Syracuse Football Pregame Show. I think we have a veteran group. I think they understand what we're trying to do offensively and defensively. This week live three hours before kickoff at Shaughnessy's Irish Pub in the Hotel Syracuse. You know, you're going to be able to call a relatively straightforward game plan and not have to reach too deep into your playbook. The Romano Subaru Syracuse Football Pregame Show. We are the pulse of the orange. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100 Point one. Our take on the day's top stories. It's today's business on Orange Nation.
1: Stephen, Seth, back with you on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. Yes, Seth. I remembered the fancy open today. Excellent. You did. I did. Doing your job. Yeah. Pat on the back to Seth Pushing for doing this job. Two out of three is not bad. Uh, let's get to today's business brought to you every day by Grossman St. Amore CPAs. And for that, we bring in our
4: producer, Max. What's up, Max? What's up? What's up? What do you got? Uh, first off, I want to give a shout-out to former Jamesville DeWitt uh, student and friend of mine, Tyler Kavanaugh, for making his NBA debut last night for the Hawks, uh, playing two, three, only a couple minutes, but he grabbed a rebound. Uh, for any of those who don't know, he has a two-way contract with the Hawks, allowing him to spend at least 45 days with Atlanta and then the rest of the season down in the G League. So congratulations to Tyler Kavanaugh, JD alum, making everyone proud. And the Hawks got the W. And the Hawks got the W, all because of Tyler Kavanaugh. We can credit that win to him. And I I think so. I will. I think think so. Uh,
1: Yeah. Good kid, good player, and uh, I'm glad good things are happening for him.
2: Yeah. You were saying in the break it was Kavanaugh and and Daywon on the same team, and my response to you just flatly was that team never lost,
4: did they? They did not. It was fun to watch. Uh, kind of crazy to think back in high school we were watching Brandon Trish, Tyler Kavanaugh, Dewan Coleman, all in the same high school team, and then to see how their careers all panned out and are still panning out at the next level. But while we're here, we were talking during the break. Steve doesn't really want to talk about it. I kind of want to talk about <laughs> it just because it's a gray area, and we're all so confused. Maybe we can, if we talk about it, we can figure it out. But Carmelo Anthony was ejected last night for a very confusing flagrant foul where he appeared to get an and-one layup, but his elbow inadvertently hit the face of Yusuf Nurkic, Nurkic, and for that, the foul seems to have been overturned. Uh, The and-one then turned into a flagrant two, and he was ejected. Um, It was dumb. It was really dumb, because then Nurkic, instead of Carmelo shooting a free throw, Nurkic goes down to the other end and shoots two freebies. And Melo gets ejected.
2: Right, Melo so got ejected for going up for a
1: layup. This it is which, dumb. This is the reason I didn't want to talk about it. Is because I saw the play, but I what I wasn't clear on is whether or not the basket counted. And I, I it I did guess, not. Looking at
4: that, okay, at the at the box score, it I did am not. not
1: sure whether the basket counted or not because
4: yeah. I, oh, I'm very sure now. Okay, I'm very sure. I was trying to find video of it, and there was no what, video. So
1: I, I saw the video of the play. Um, I've never seen that before.
2: No, never. <laughs> He literally went up for a, a layup and tried to
4: create a little contact and they called him for a foul. He made a basketball move like Absolutely. that we've seen thousands of times players do that. And the foul was the, called
1: on Nurkic. On Nurkic initially. And then when they looked at the monitor, they decided to kick Mel out of the game. Now this was yeah. the this was what the NBA released the crew chief that night. Uh this was over the weekend Rodney Mott this is quoting him now. We deemed that the contact was excessive. And it was not a natural basketball move where he seeks out Nurkic, hits him in the face with an elbow, goes back to the basket. So because it's unnatural and deemed excessive, therefore it is a flagrant foul penalty too. Now if you see the play, it does look, you know, Melo takes kind of a strange route to the basket. He had a kind of a tough angle and he did... You know, he drew the contact, and he kind of flipped the ball over his head. It ended up going in. They they ruled it on the court basket in the foul that Mello was going to go to the line for a free throw. They look at it on the monitor, and and that's what happened. Um, I've never seen that before, and it did to me. Did it look like he he sought out contact? I think he no. sought out contact to draw the foul. Yeah. Did he seek out you know leading with his elbow? And I'm going to you know elbow him in the face?
4: I don't think so. I don't
1: think so. I do expect, just my opinion, that the NBA will look at this and. If they have the same replays that I was looking at, it, to me, it just looks like it was unfortunate. There was a, a hard collision. Obviously, I think they're going to rescind the the flagrant foul. But but what does remains that do at seen. this
4: point? Like, it
2: well, would move him one flagrant foul further away from
4: getting from suspended. suspended. Getting suspended right. okay. So right.
1: I, I think they'll I think they'll take it back. Um, but you're you're right. I mean, the, the damage is done in terms of that game. I've never seen that before.
4: You're not alone. Billy Donovan said the same thing. I've never seen in the history of a game a guy get an and-one play and then get ejected from the game. That's probably something you've got to talk to the he league He drew about. the foul and then got ejected. It's it, insane. In real time, it looked like he was just making a, a legitimate basketball move like everyone does when they go to the rim, try to draw the contact. and it looked like he made a really good play, and I... Was in shock after, even watching in slow that. motion.
1: To me, it, it looks didn't like, look like that hard he's just an elbow. trying to draw no, the contact, it, it get it the was foul a dumb call, call. And, and score. And that and that's what happened. And they, you know, the referees saw it
4: differently.
2: It was a really dumb call.
4: Yeah, it. I mean, that's a solid way to sum it up over there. So great, great analysis, great insight. great insight. Hashtag analysis. Hashtag analysis. Okay. Anyway, my take on the Giants: they should bench Eli Ma- Eli Manning and tank the rest of the season. They're one in seven. I think they already are tanking.
2: I don't know if they need a bench Eli to do that.
4: I think they should. Just, I mean, I think they should trade Eli Manning in the offseason, honestly. I do. Um, Does he have any trade value? That was the other question I was wondering when I said that to myself when I was making this segment. I think there's a couple teams you could talk into trading for, but at the same time, I don't know what, what kind of draft picks you would be looking at in compensation for a – Thirty-year-old quarterback who thirty-eight year I was old thirty-eight-year-old quarterback. I was saying thirties, but
2: who's on year fourteen?
4: Yeah, and I mean, I get he has two rings. Is that played out though? Like, how do you? Well, as a Giants fan, how would you feel about trading Eli for picks? If um, you could get picks for him, would you trade him? What are you gonna get?
2: Like, I, you're not gonna get maybe anything like a of, third round. I don't even know if you would get that. What are you gonna get? Like, I don't know what value he has. Um, I would keep him around. I would try and rework the contract so the cap hit's not as big. I would I would try and do something to to keep him around and, and lessen that blow of the money. Uh, realistically, he's only got two years left, right? And Steve said it earlier, future Hall of Famer. No doubt. I think he's going to go down as arguably the best quarterback they've ever had, right? Like, it's him or Sims. Okay. Like, and that's the discussion, right? Like, it's... It's Eli Manning and it's Phil Simms in the discussion of greatest quarterbacks ever. He's going to have his number retired the whole deal. The team stinks. Like Eli hasn't been good, but Eli's not the problem. Eli's not the main problem. Uh the whole team stinks. So I'm in favor of firing the GM, firing the coach, firing every assistant and ripping it down and starting over. They sign, should sign get a new GM, sign Odell Beckham to his, to his extension and start over.
4: And they have the 49ers this week, correct? Yeah. They should they lose are, that
2: game. They, they are, need to lose that game. They opened as underdogs to the 49ers. Not surprised,
4: but they should lose that game.
2: That is not a game I'll be watching.
4: No. Never. I think
1: that the franchise owes it to him to to continue to start him. I and agree. It, it, they are so bad. This is not on him. And, again, if I'm you not, insert, I'm not putting the blame on him. No, no, no. no I right know. Just let me finish, though. If you insert Davis Webb again, are you really going to see what you have? They have no offensive line, no running game, no receivers to no. throw to. So. Are you going to end his? Not that the the franchise cares about you know this streak that has, he has going with the most consecutive starts. He's about to tie his brother Peyton for most all time. Are you really going to end that and treat your two time Super Bowl champ slash Hall of Famer like that? At, you know, towards the you end shouldn't. of his career in a bad you should you shouldn't. So I, I know you say, is it played out? There, I, I think he deserves to be treated a certain way. Maybe you handle him a little bit differently than you know if he was in his second year with the know, fran- or, or fifth year right. of the franchise. I mean he is the New right. York if Giants. I mean he is the face of your fr- has been the face of your franchise. He deserves better. So I think you keep trotting him out there as long as he wants as long as he's healthy, as long as he wants yeah. to keep playing, he's your starter. And whenever that day comes when he's not, fine. But I don't think you I don't think you bench him for Davis Webb to see quote unquote what you have. Right.
2: And and Steve, look, if this was ten years ago, if this was two thousand seven and it was now in two thousand seven, and I could say this because I remember this happening in two thousand seven, uh, there was Chatter to bench him. Right? Like and he hadn't won the two Super Bowls yet and he was three months away from going on to beating the eighteen and one Patriots. If you wanted to bench him then, after he threw four interceptions against the Minnesota Viking team, like, okay, I get it. Like that's what happened. And they didn't bench him then. You know, so like I, I would understand if in year three they were like, Hey, Eli, you gotta take a seat because you stink and you've been hurting our team. Uh, but they didn't do it then. He went on to win a Super Bowl, and and I don't understand why you would do it now. And and over the course of the show, I, I have Twitter open, and I, I saw a couple of beat writers tweeting about the same kind of a thing and, and interacting with fans. And one of them said, like, uh, you know, a fan was saying, hey, eli, Eli's eli got to do better, Eli's got to do better, or whatever. You know, put, put Davis Webb in, let him throw to Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and, and see what he got. And the beat writer was like, Eli's got his issues, but he got the ball out in two seconds yesterday. Like, can Davis Webb do that? Well, it's also like, you know, like you, if you... you start
4: Davis Webb, like, is he really the guy for the no. future? Like, exactly. No, but, he's like, not. he's a guy that will solidify your terrible season to be exactly that and get you a good draft pick. I think
2: Eli's doing an all right job of that.
4: <laughs> as I think is. Davis Webb would do a better job, but Eli is having a miserable season at that. And one more for you guys. Little hot take here. Christoph Porzingis. Will have a better career than Aaron Judge in New York. That's my hot take for the day. If Kristaps scores 27 points tomorrow against the Hornets, he'll have the most points through a player's first 10 games of a season with 299, passing Bernard King with 298, and Patrick Ewing with 285, averaging 30 points a game without Carmelo. He was meant to be the centerpiece of this team. Even Melo was on the team. But is Kristaps going to stay after this year? If he does, I think, if he plays his career in New York, I think he will mean more to that city than Aaron Judge will by the time his career's all set I have a though. better
1: question for Max, Seth. Is Kristaps ever going to win a title there? I don't think so. Is Aaron Judge going to win a title with I the I would Yankees? put money on it. Me hey, too. You're wrong I think
4: again. Re- re- bringing the mix back to <laughs> relevancy <laughs> 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 no, but means what is, a lot but more than the re- Yankees re- continuing to be good.
2: But what is relevancy, and how far does relevancy go before you have to win a title? This team hasn't won a title in 45 years. Okay, like and what if, if he
1: breaks that, that streak? Then, if he breaks well, that streak, he then he's so a are legend you predicting forever? that your hot. T- is that part of your hot take? Well, you're going
4: to you're going to say Judge is going to have a better career if he wins the World Series and continues to hit 118 with 27 strikeouts. But in he, the I do th- I don't think he will. He's, he's I mean, not going to. He's,
2: he did this year. He's a rookie. He also hit 350 in the ALCS. He's six, he was seven,
1: and he's two. like 27 he's strikeouts from granite. Like he's he's a rookie. He he had, he struck out a lot this year. I don't think he's going to continue to strike out at this no, rate for the rest of his no, career. He I, this, yes. Yes. No, he is. Going, he he's going this rate. He's going to. he's going.
2: He's done it his whole but here's career. The thing. But here's the thing. His whole career, he's like five in years the minors old. too. But here's <laughs> the thing. Hold on. Here's the what? thing. I'm kidding. You Steve. Know I mean. Here's here's the thing. He can continue to strike out at this rate and still be a really, 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 really good major leaguer, right? Like, yes. Not to he's... compare him to Adam Dunn because Adam Dunn was not a, a a very good major leaguer. He was like serviceable, but like Aaron Adam Dunn struck out 220 times a year. But you know what? He also hit 40 homers a year. Like, if if Aaron Judge hits 40 home runs a year and hits 260. Like, you take it and you run. Yes. Who but cares how many times he strikes let's out? Let's
1: put it this way. He's not going to be worse in that department. My guess is he's going to get better. I don't know how you both could sit here and say, no, he's definitely going to continue to strike out this ring. No, he is. He is. He is. <laughs>
4: but he's still going to hit 50 home runs. Explain
1: yourself.
2: Saying. Because strikeouts don't matter anymore. And once you get over the fact that strikeouts don't matter. Okay. And wait, wait, and wait, 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 wait. And then you're a reason? Get, get, because the they literal, don't matter? Here's my thinking. Think, hold on. There's less of an emphasis on striking out. There's less of a problem with striking out around baseball. And so once you get past the fact that you're gonna get out four hundred times a year, if half of them are strikeouts, half of them are strikeouts. How many strikeouts did he have this
1: year? Let's more, be, than 200. more than two hundred. More than two hundred. Can I say he's gonna have less than two hundred next year? Can sure. I, and I would and say you will disagree you're, with me? Yeah. I would say you
2: are absolutely wrong.
1: Okay. I don't Okay. I just I don't know how you could sit here and say he's going to continue to strike out at this rate. I mean he's Let's let's see what what he is in a couple of years. He's a rookie. Rookie he struck out a lot. He's, a, he's a rookie power hitter. He struck out a lot. No,
2: I look. I I agree. I but again, I don't think it's going to be detrimental if he continues to strike out two hundred times a year. That's all I'm saying. I don't I don't think that's going to be terribly detrimental to his career.
1: Who's winning the title first, Max?
4: Judge Chris Dobbs. <laughs> I had to say something stupid to get you guys going on a Monday and. I just, Mission accomplished. I, I did just that. <laughs>
1: you did. Mission accomplished. All right, that was today's business brought to you by Grossman St. Amore CPAs. Located in downtown Syracuse, Grossman St. Amore CPAs provides businesses and individuals with tax planning and tax preparation services and strategies to help minimize your tax liabilities. Learn more about how Grossman St. Amore CPAs can optimize financial opportunities for your business online at gsacpas.com. We wrap up the show right after this.